Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Today, our Senior Pastor, Dr. Charles Redmond, looks at a topic that many of us who are Christians wrestle with as we follow Jesus. If you can, please turn your Bible to John chapter 21, as Dr. Redmond shares a helpful message titled, The Cure for Guilt. All of us in our life experience this feeling of guilt. Now, let me say this about guilt. Guilt is not a bad thing. Guilt is a good thing, provided we deal with it in a biblical way. Because many times people deal with guilt in ways that are not biblical ways, and it's the wrong way, and it takes them in a direction they do not want to go. Now, it may be this morning that you feel guilt about something. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. Maybe this, you regret you didn't do this, or you regret you did do this, or you had this opportunity. To, you know, the, the, the list is endless. All of us from time to time deal with guilt. Well, as I think about guilt, I don't want to feel guilty that I sometimes have guilt. I have to remember that guilt goes all the way back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You remember, they felt so guilty about what they had done that they tried to hide themselves. They tried to hide themselves in the trees from God so God couldn't find them. And then as I think about guilt, I get to thinking, you know, misery likes company. I think, well, you know, I feel guilt about this and guilt about that and guilt about another thing. And most all of us have that same feeling come to our mind from time to time. I think, well, you know, not only Adam and Eve, but David. Oh, the guilt that David felt was absolutely unbelievable. It was overwhelming over the sin that he had committed with Bathsheba. In fact, if you'll just take your Bible, turn back with me very quickly to Psalm 51. Let's do that. Turn back in your Bible to Psalm 51. And I just want to show you a little statement or two that David said as, as, he, as he repented of that sin that he had committed. In Psalm 51, like in verse 1, David said, Have mercy upon me, O God according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquities, and cleanse me from my sin. You have there the three different Hebrew words translated in English for sin, transgression, iniquity, and sin. Then in verse, he goes on to say, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. And then David said, against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Down in verse 10, he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So, well, you know, what, what he's doing, he's, he's repenting of his sin. Now, if you go back, turn back in Psalm 32. I want us to see in Psalm 32 the consequences of sin. Now, he has, he has repented of his sin, but back in Psalm 32, uh, look with me, look with me in Psalm 32. Oh, well, let's just begin in verse 1. He said, blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is, is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. 
David said, when I kept silent, my bones grew old. He said, before I repented, it was, a, it was impacting me physically through my groaning all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. So what we have here, we have a beautiful uh, scripture passages of his, his repentance and the result he shares of, of what he had gone through before he repented. And then I think in the New Testament, uh, you talk about guilt. If you were listing people in the Bible who really battled with guilt, Judas, Judas, guilt overwhelmed Judas so badly that he went out and committed suicide by hanging himself. And this guilt can just be a damaging thing if not handled in a biblical way. But as I think about all the people in the Bible that dealt with guilt, probably, maybe, Simon Peter, the most severe of all. You know, Simon Peter, think about this a moment. He was one of the disciples. He was on the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He was kind of the leader of the disciples. He was the spokesman for the disciples. And yet, you know the story. What Simon Peter did, what Simon Peter did, he denied even knowing Jesus Christ. Now, you think about that a moment. Now, fast forward to where we're going to be this morning and turn in your Bible, if you will, to the Gospel of John, to the very last chapter, to John 21. Now, think, think where we are. Here's Simon Peter. He's denied three times even knowing Jesus, okay? Gap of time goes by. We're going to look at that gap of time in just a moment. But a gap of time goes by, and what does Jesus do? Jesus restores him back into the ministry. For what Simon Peter did after he had denied the Lord Jesus Christ, he just, we would say it this way, he quit the ministry. He went back into the fishing business. He said, I'm, I'm out. And look, in fact, look at me in John chapter 21. The Bible says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. I love the way the New King James translated that. So here's how Jesus showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cain of Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that'd be James and John, and two others of his disciples were together. So seven of these disciples now are together. Now, here's the spokesman. <laughs> of course, he's quit the ministry, but here he is. Simon Peter said to them, these other six disciples, I'm going fishing. <laughs> he said, I'm out of the ministry. What I'm going to do now, I'm going back into the same work that I was in before Jesus told me to follow him and put me in the ministry. And what did they do? They said to him, we're going with you also. More an example of peer pressure. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that'd be the apostle John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. 
Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord Jesus, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far away from the land, but about 200 cubits, be about 100 yards, dragging the net with fish. Then, now look at this, as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals. The last time Peter had seen a fire of coals, he was warming his hands after he had denied the Lord. And the fish was laid on it. So Jesus started preparing breakfast. Here's the fish and the bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you've caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise a fish. And this is now the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, all that's going to remember, Peter's quit the ministry. Now here Jesus is about to put him back into the ministry. And the real question is going to come in a moment. Well, when did Peter ever repent? And we'll deal with that in a moment. But look in verse 15. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He, he's putting him back in the ministry. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, then what I want you to do, I want you to feed my sheep. Now, the question is, I mean, when a person has, has sinned by denying that he even knew Jesus, and then we go over here and read where Jesus is putting him back in the ministry, said, now what I want you to do, you follow me, and you feed my children, you feed my lambs, you feed my sheep. The question is, when did Peter ever repent? I mean, can you, can you just sin and never deal with the sin and go on in life like nothing's happened and you're back into the Lord's work again, whatever that might be? Well, the answer to that is absolutely not. Well, the question is, like, like when, when, did, uh, when, did, when did Peter ever repent? Now, you might want to take your bulletin. You don't have any blanks to fill in, but you might want to write down a little word or two because I think it's very, very interesting you know, when did he repent? Peter's repentance. Well, turn with me in the Gospel of Luke in chapter number 22. And I want to show you a couple of verses that I think will help. In Luke chapter number 22. And while you're turning, I'll just begin to read. I'm going to pick up in about verse 54. Luke chapter 22, verse 54. Now, we, we're kind of beginning in the middle of the story because of time, but there had been the betrayal and the arrest of Jesus in Gethsemane. So I hope and trust most would be familiar with that. 
And in verse 54, it says, having arrested Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now, when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing Peter as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with Jesus. But Peter denied him, saying, woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, you are also one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Then about an hour later, another passed and another confidently affirmed, saying, surely this fellow was also with Jesus, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about. And then (laughs) we're familiar with this. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. This is exactly what Jesus had told Peter would happen. Now, the question is, where in the Bible does it tell us that Peter repented? Well, look with me in verse 61. I think there's some things that would certainly make a strong case that this is the place. In verse 61, it says, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Jesus' eye contact, I think, is a clue. Can you imagine how Peter felt? You know, we read in our Bible like the Lord turned and looked at Peter, but that word literally is talking about he just intently almost like looking through eyeball to eyeball and I would think when Jesus his eyes zeroed in on Peter's eyes the Holy Spirit would have been working in Peter's heart and not only that notice the next sentence then Peter remembered so I think Peter's remembered Peter then began to remember Jesus said before the rooster crows you'll deny me three times I did I did that I was wrong not once, not twice, but I've sinned three times. And he began to remember that and process all that. And then let's read on. He remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And then in verse 62, look at this. Peter went out and wept bitterly. So I think Peter's weeping bitterly is all part of the repentance. I think really in verses 61 and 62, There's no verse in the Bible that says uh, Peter repented of denying the Lord Jesus. But you look at what Peter did and what was going on here, and I think this is a great indication. Let me give you another verse that might be of some interest to you. Look in chapter 24. Look in chapter 24. And if you look in chapter 24, look down in verse 34. You might jot this in your bulletin. You think about it later. Possibly this is where Peter repented. If, if, you know, this is back on that experience of the Emmaus Road where Jesus appeared to those two men walking and then Jesus kind of, he just goes away. And, well, maybe, maybe, well, let me, let's go to verse 30. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them, that's these two men on the Emmaus Road, that Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then those two men, their eyes were opened. And they knew him. They realized this was Jesus. And then the Bible says, Jesus vanished from their sight. His resurrected body was different. Verse 32, they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he 
opened the Scriptures to us. So they rose that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together. And here's what they said to them. The Lord is risen indeed. Now watch this. Very interesting. And has appeared to Simon. Now we have not one word of explanation about what that conversation was about. Perhaps, maybe perhaps, in that conversation is when Peter repented. Or maybe that was part of it. Maybe what we looked at back over in Luke, when Jesus looked at Peter, and Peter remembered, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. But what, you know, be that as it may, here's, here's the bottom line. Peter did repent. And now, in John chapter 21, he's back in the ministry again. Jesus said, all right, I'm restoring you to the ministry. Now, there's a great, great lesson we're going to see in just a quick moment about that. Now, what is the cure of guilt? We've looked at how the guilt worked in the life of Simon Peter. Well, what is the cure? Well, first of all, if you're guilty about anything, step one, whatever it is, And it may not be something that you did. It may be something you failed to do. It may be something you're not doing that you should do. Whatever it may be, when you have guilt, there is a biblical solution to that guilt. And apart from the biblical solution, all the things that people are trying to do away for their guilt, feeling, none of that is going to work. It may may satisfy for a little time period, but the end will be a train wreck. Here's, here's the way God says do it. Number one, you repent. Repentance is step number one. All right, number two, believe that God forgives sins. If you believe that, would you say amen? I mean, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, remember the entire book of 1 John was written to believers and that verse says, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when you confess your sin to God, you put it under the blood of Jesus, and that takes care of that. So repentance is step one. Believe that God forgives sin is step two. Now, you might want to write this down because many people never have quite figured this one out. Believe that God forgives sins, but yes, what else? Believe that God uses forgiven sinners. That's what you want to write down. You believe that God uses forgiven sinners. (laughs) Well, that ought not be hard to prove. Any of us trying to do anything for God, we are what? We are a forgiven sinner. All of us are forgiven sinners, but what happens? Oh, listen, <laughs> many just struggle with that. And then here's, here's the big next one. Write this down. Follow whatever it is God tells you to do. Or don't quit because you've messed up. Repent because you mess up. But once you have repented, understand Whatever that was, you've put that on the blood of Jesus. You've confessed that for God. You believe that God forgives sin. And then what you do, you move on to what God has next for you to do. Now, here's here's where many sincere, this will only happen to sincere Christian people. There are many good, sincere Christian people who 
who believe everything I've just said. They believe that God forgives sin. They believe if you ask God to forgive you, all that. They believe God uses people even when they've messed up. But here's, here's where they get stuck. They believe that whatever they've done, whatever it might be, God forgives everybody else, but it's, it's like they, they make themselves like a spiritual leper. And they get stuck in that. And they never can get beyond that. And folks, listen to me. There's no sin God cannot forgive. Amen? We put it under the blood of Jesus. And we understand that God uses forgiven sinners. So I'm saying to you this morning, if, if we just want to kind of have maybe a couple of, and like in Simon Peter's case, what did God tell him to do? He said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. What did he do? I mean, he, had, he, he, he made a colossal mess up. Three times said, I don't know the man, okay? He repented. Jesus put him back in the ministry, told him what he was to do, and what did he do? He just picked up and moved forward, and think what he did do. <laughs> he not long thereafter, he preached that sermon on the day of Pentecost. Listen, 3,000 souls were saved on one day. Not only that, God used Simon Peter to write two books in our Bible. So he wasn't a quitter. He messed up. He admit he messed up. He believed God would forgive if he would confess and repent. And then what did he do? He realized that God uses forgiven sinners, and he moved on in life. Now, as I thought about what we we're looking at this morning, I thought two things to remember, and I wish you'd jot these down, two things to remember. Number one, hear this carefully, God forgives sin. There's no sin that you've ever committed if you'll repent of it, turn from it, ask God's forgiveness, Put under the blood that God won't wash away. Amen? Remember that God forgives sins. And here's the second thing. Always remember, God uses forgiven sinners. Judas never understood that. A tragic end. Simon Peter, he believed that. He knew he was a forgiven sinner, but he just moved forward. And God used him in a mighty and a marvelous way. I'll tell you what I believe. In fact, I don't just believe. I've watched. I know in, in all my years, I've seen some really good people who've made this mess up or they made this mistake and they got maybe, they drifted from the Lord and in that process, things happened. And, and they finally were convicted of all that and they turned from all that. But they, they just never felt worthy to get back and try to do things for God. Folks, the only one that's worthy is Him. Amen. <laughs> he is worthy. He's worthy. None of us are worthy to do anything. We're just all forgiven sinners. And I'm saying to you this morning, first of all, it well may be this morning that some here say, well, you know what? <laughs> I think the first thing I need to do is get my salvation settled. See, if your salvation is not settled, you'll never be in the mainstream of doing very much for God because you yourself are not sure you even say. And then others this morning, there well may be some here today that say, you know what, I, I've kind of, I believe everything you've preached, but 
I, I never have I never have done what Simon Peter did. I never just have gone back and done after I've repented what God has given me to do. Could it be that you need to settle your salvation as Dr. Redmond just mentioned? You can. Won't you pray with me now? Just say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you love me and that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. Right now, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. Please make me the person you created me to be. In your name I pray, amen. For those of you who have just prayed to receive Christ as your Savior today, we would love to know about it and to rejoice with you in your decision. Please let us know by sending an email to info at peacebybelieving.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.